When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. The Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN starts now. Two minutes past. What is going on, everybody? The seventh day of September 2022. It's a Wednesday night in NYC. Dan Grosser Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll take you right up until 10 o'clock. Larry and Gordon will take over and carry you through the rest of the way. 800-919-ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. You can get me on Twitter, as always, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. We got a full house tonight. We got Harvey. We got Joe. We got Julian. And we're going to keep the company here until 10 o'clock on a busy sports Wednesday in the greatest city in the world. We got both of our baseball locals in action already. Mets already have a victory under their belts on this Wednesday, and a much-needed one, to say the least. And if you caught the show last night, you knew my feelings as to watching this team play for the last three days and how aggravating and annoying that it was making me. But thankfully, Chris Bassett goes out there today. Tyler Naquin and Eduardo Escobar got the bats going, and they beat the hapless Pirates for their first uh, game of this doubleheader today. So, okay, put the Band-Aid over the wound. That's okay. And now you give the ball to Jake DeGrom tonight, and you expect to sweep this doubleheader and get out of Pittsburgh winning two out of three. And at the very least, you go to bed tonight, maybe in first place. Because the Braves, of course, had to take care of business this afternoon against the lowly Oakland A's, and the Braves are a machine. You know, they've been the best team in baseball since June the 1st. You can't sit here and rely on them to lose games. So that's why the Mets are going to have to go out there and just win, right? It's not like the Mets as... I know sometimes the emotions get the best of you. Trust me, right? And I was proof positive of that last night, in the final hour especially. But it's not like the Mets have been a bad team, you know, for the last month, six weeks or whatnot. They've been a good team. They've been playing good baseball. They've been playing playoff caliber baseball. The problem was is that the Atlanta Braves, as I said, have been the best team in the darn sport since June the 1st. And as okay as the Mets have been playing, the Braves were just that much better. So now this is pretty much what you're going to be saddled with for the last four weeks of this season. Yankees, on the other hand, that's a different story. Yankees are scuffling. Yankees are injured. Yankees offensively are hapless right now. I mean, the Twins have done everything to try to give the Yankees the game today. Everything. They committed four errors. And in the 11th inning, the Yankees had bases loaded with nobody out. Bases loaded, nobody out. And, of course, Guzman, who I don't know what the heck he's doing up there today, hits into a 3-2-3 double play, barely runs down the first baseline. Maybe he thought that running is optional. I don't know. And then you had Marwin Gonzalez ground out to end the inning. So the Yanks literally could have done anything to get that winning run home. Of course, they don't score it. And now they're mired in a 12th inning right now, tied at four against the Twinkies, and they still got another game to play when this one is all said and done. So it could be a late night out in the Bronx, and if you're heading out there or if you're there now, whatever, um, you could be there a while. So we'll see what happens here. We'll get into all those things a little bit later on, but we got to start with the football. 
Because today, I don't know if you guys knew this, and I'll be the first one to wish you, in case nobody else did, a happy football eve. Right? This is like a national holiday. You know, just like when you go to bed on Christmas Eve as a kid, dreaming about, like, you know, what awaits you in the morning or whatnot. That's kind of how you're going to go to bed tonight. Tomorrow's football. It starts. It's here. You know, it's its own holiday in and of itself. And I, yeah, there you go. We love hearing it. And I know that none of the locals play tomorrow, but you know what? It's still football, and the games count, and starters are going to play for 60 minutes in all four quarters, and you don't have to tune out wondering, you know, who's going to be in, who's going to – no, it's real. You know what? There's a point spread attached to the game, and I don't know why the Yankees just didn't send the potential winning run home there, and now they're going to run themselves off the bases. What is I – I, I can't even watch this anymore. This is like Little League. Oh, I digress. So it's football eve. It's football eve right now. But the Jets are not playing tomorrow. They're playing on Sunday. You might have heard against the Baltimore Ravens. And you kind of knew that Zach Wilson was not going to be a part of the festivities, right? We kind of knew this for a while. And if you listen to this show, from the moment that Zach went down against the Philadelphia Eagles, I told you conservatively, probably expect the first two weeks of the season. But today, we get a little bit of a surprise from Robert Sala when he met with the media and said, not going to be one game, not going to be two games, not going to be three. You're looking at week four against the Pittsburgh Steelers at the earliest on October the 2nd as to when you're going to see Zach Wilson. And I think that all Jet fans and myself also, I was a little surprised by that. You know, it's funny. He was singing a different tune yesterday, right? When he was on with the Michael K show and when he was talking to Don and Peter and he said that we're going to wait to see what happens tomorrow and we'll make our decision. So he went from yesterday saying that they needed to see what the latest medical updates were to not only is he not going to play this week, he's going to be out until October. That must have been one hell of a medical report, don't you think? Look, they knew all along he wasn't playing this week. You know it and I know it. And I guess that they still feel that there's value somewhere in the NFL in terms of gamesmanship and trying to psych out the other team and making the other team do a little bit of extra homework. Right? I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens probably knew. And it's not like having them prepare for Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco, I think, is going to be so detrimental to their game prep for this game on Sunday. I mean, after all, who knows Joe Flacco better than the Baltimore Ravens? Baltimore knows Joe Flacco better than the Jets know Joe Flacco. I mean, the guy was there for how long? It's not like his game has changed drastically from when he came. It's not like Joe Flacco was some mobile quarterback when he came into the league, and now he's, you know, how many years in, and all of a sudden he doesn't run anymore, and he just relies on his arm. And he, No, he's the same guy he was back in 2008 as a rookie when he took him to the AFC Championship game. So August 12th is when Zach Wilson got injured. 22 days from surgery when he had that, and he's still... At least a few weeks away. And look, I I have no problem with this. You know, I have no problem with the organization erring on the side of caution. Because to me, what was encouraging about it, and you know, if you're, I understand, if you're a Jet fan, you look at this thing and you think, well, worst case scenario, right? Woe is me. Nothing ever goes our way, that type of stuff. But what the Jets didn't do is you notice they didn't place him on injured reserve. Because if they placed him on injured reserve, that means that would knock him out for the first four weeks of the season minimum. 
So they want him to practice. They want him to get out there as soon as he is physically ready and capable to do so. So to me, that's an encouraging sign that this isn't going to be anything like long term. And you figure he's probably not going to suffer any sort of setbacks in practice because they're going to be extra careful before they even send him out there on the field. So he could be back. You know, Salah left the door open, maybe even after two games. Who knows? We'll see how the whole thing unfolds. But the bottom line is, this is now two years in a row where you're talking about a quarterback who had some durability concerns coming into the draft. Did he not? You know, he's not exactly the biggest, most imposing dude at the quarterback position. And people wondered about his durability in the NFL. Could he hold up for 16 games, now 17 games? Is he going to be able to absorb hits? What happens if he breaks the pocket and he runs and, you know, takes a hit in the open field or something like that? Is he going to be able to then get up and go back in the huddle and execute the next play? Well, look at what happened last year. He missed four games. Four games. And there was a bye week sandwiched into that. Four games. Actually, no, there was no bye week. The injury happened afterwards. But still. Four weeks is a quarter of the season. And now you're already talking about starting year number two where the team is telling you he's going to be out for three. That's not the way you want to begin your career. That's not the way you're going to go about convincing people or the ones that were the doubters through the whole pre-draft process about whether or not you have what it takes to hold up as an NFL quarterback. Best ability is availability. And right now he's got a couple of red marks against him Year one and year two. Now, look, there have been a lot of other quarterbacks in the history of the league who've also had rough introductions to the NFL and, you know, who were injury-prone and and missed times in the first... Go look at Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford missed time in his first two seasons in the NFL, and then I think he went something like six, seven years without missing a game in Detroit. So it's possible. And the Yankees are actually going to win the game. Hallelujah. Look at that. There you go. Blind Squirrel Finds an Acorn. Was that the kid? Was that Peraza? Peraza, look at that. Welcome to the New York Yankees. Oh, Cabrera, okay. Welcome to the Yankees. He was 0 for 5 today, couple of whiffs, and he gets a big hit. Bottom line, they needed to win a game. You know, they needed to win a game in the worst possible way. And for all the people that actually have to sit there and watch that garbage for, what, four-plus hours, at least they can have some satisfaction in between the two games. So we'll get to the Yankees stuff a little bit later on, of course. But the big story here is the football with the Jets and the quarterback. So I want to hear from Jet fans. You got the news. You got the reality. Now you know the situation you're faced with going into week one and even longer. What's your confidence in Joe Flacco now that you know he's the guy that you're riding with? You know, or do you think, because I know that there's some people out there who are, you know, Team Mike White. I think that he should be the guy. And more importantly, whatever your outlook and your expectations were for the first, let's say, four games of the season, all against the AFC North, have those been altered in any way now? Because you know for sure it's not going to be Zach Wilson. Rich Samini of ESPN covers the Jets. He'll join us coming up tonight at 8.30. Get a little bit more insight into the situation. Plenty on the table. We'll do some NFL over-unders for you later on in the show. Great day at the U.S. Open as Francis Tiafo, an American male, into the semifinals. Haven't been able to say that for almost two decades. But we'll start talking with the Jets on this football eve. Wish the news was better. 
Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN, on this Wednesday evening, 800-919-3776. Yanks get a victory in extras in game number one of the doubleheader. They got another one coming up here in just a little while. Mets out to a one nothing lead. In the nightcap of their double dip in Pittsburgh with Jake DeGrom on the mound. But we're talking football, talking the Jets, and they're going to be without Zach Wilson here for the first few weeks of the season. So now it's riding with Joe Flacco. Joe playing his old team. Joe's also lost seven starts in a row as a starting QB. Last time he's won a game as a starter, you got to go back to 2019 when he was a member of the Denver Broncos. Not that long ago, but, you know, still three years. And the opportunity he had last year, remember, it was a home game against the Miami Dolphins. I thought he played pretty well. You know, they didn't lose that game because of Joe. They lost that game for other reasons. So you could look at it glass half full. I'll give you the glass half full. Glass half full would be, you know what? The Jets have improved the skill position talent on this roster compared to last year. They've upgraded the talent. So now if you're the quarterback, just get the ball to your playmakers and let them do their thing because I got news for you. I don't think the philosophy would have been that much different even if Zach Wilson was the quarterback. You know, how much are they realistically going to put on his plate as a young second-year player, still trying to master the nuances of this offense? I could easily have foreseen a scenario where they were going to be relying on the run game, which is a big part of this Shanahan West Coast system that they employ anyways, and just get the ball to the receivers and let them do your thing. High-percentage throws. Get him into the game early. Build confidence, that type of stuff. And when you looked at these first whatever games of the season, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, you throw in Pittsburgh. And let's just say for argument's sake, Zach Wilson's going to finally play in week four in Pittsburgh. That's a tough place to play for a quarterback who's admittedly going to be rusty, you know, who might be out of his rhythm a little bit. I mean, you could go out there and try to do all that stuff on the practice field, but it's still not the same as playing a game. And remember back to that game last year against the Houston Texans when Wilson came back after that injury, he didn't play all that well, especially in the first half, and it took him a while to get into that game. That was the Austin Walter game, if you remember, the running back who scored a touchdown that day and made a couple of big gains for them on the ground. But it was still very much a feeling-out process for Zach. How do we know that's not going to happen in Pittsburgh if that's when he's going to make his return? So it is the less-than-ideal scenario for this football team. 
And whatever you thought their record was going to be, you know, the first four weeks, I said all along, I think you sign up for two and two. That was before this, though. Am I confident? Do I think it's possible that this team can split the first four games of the season? I mean, it's possible, but is there going to work that's going to be cut out for them here now, knowing that you're going with Joe Flacco and you're going with a guy who it's been a few t- few years since he last won a football game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if Joe Flacco was better than Zach Wilson, let's be real, he'd be a starting quarterback and Zach would be the backup. And I've been saying it all along, this matchup in week number one, that is not the ideal opponent. That is not the team you want to play right out of the shoot the first week of the season. I don't care who you are. Because the new culture in the NFL, especially with the preseason, when teams aren't playing their starters, and especially a team, like, look at the Jet defense. Think about how many new faces the Jets are going to have on defense this year, especially in that secondary. The secondary is basically all brand new. And they haven't played many reps together, meaningful reps in a game. And for the first time out, they're going to have to go out there and chase Lamar Jackson all around the field? That is a difficult assignment. Not saying it's impossible, but they're going to have their work cut out for them. And same thing with the offense. You know, you have a little bit of a new look on this offensive line. you got a new left tackle in Dwayne Brown. you got George Fant, who's now sliding back over to right tackle, where all offseason and in camp he was playing the left side. And they really didn't get too many snaps together. Meaning, I mean, you're going to count the third preseason game against the Giants when they were going up against the Giant backups for a couple of drives? Tough assignment right out of the gate. Tough assignment. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go to the phones. Let's say hi to Nick. He's in Binghamton. He's first up here. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Nick, how are you? Good, Dan. Thanks for taking the call. What's up, um, Nick? Last seven starts. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, and, and, and it's not just you hit the Ravens. I mean, there's people in the organization, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. They all know Flacco. You can't, you can't just throw Mike Way in there. I would even say I wouldn't bet on it, but I'd say we I got a chance at Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Maybe. Maybe. Problem with Pittsburgh, though, is – and look, I don't want to look too, too, too far ahead, Nick. The problem with Pittsburgh is, is – they're always going to put a decent product down on the field. And the Jets have historically not had any success in Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know. Mike, Tom, I know. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing wait, season right? as a head coach. He's never had a losing season. Oh, I know it. I know it. I, I, just, I, I believe Mike White would give us a better chance. That's all I really meant to say. I would, Like I said, I wouldn't bet on it. But. Well, you know, Nick, here's the thing. And I'm glad you brought that up. And I thank you for the phone call, right? Because I know people – you know, that I talk to, that, that think the same thing. Well, you know, Mike might be a little bit better than Joe Flacco. Well, would he be? Because I think if he was, or if they, you know, the Jets certainly would have addressed that and made Mike White the starting quarterback while Zach Wilson is out. You know, the Mike White train and the Mike White bandwagon and all that stuff, like, that was fun while it lasted. I got a kick out of that. You got a kick out of that. The game against the Cincinnati Bengals last year, that was great stuff. You know, Mike, think about that. That game essentially... Guaranteed Mike White, probably between, you know, five to seven years in the NFL, that one game. Because Mike White is going to be able to at least be somebody's second or third string quarterback on and on and on and on and on because of that game. And there's going to be teams in this league who are obviously going to need a quarterback, and they're going to think back to October 31st, 2021, and what Mike White did against the eventual AFC champions. That'll keep him around, and good for him. But here's the problem. Jets tried to keep rolling him out there. 
right? And that was one of the reasons why the Jets felt confident to let Zach Wilson heal as much as possible last year because they found Mike White. And then they had Mike White start the next week in Indianapolis, and then Mike White got hurt again. And then Joe Flacco had to play against the Miami Dolphins. And then what happened? Mike White was a little bit better, and then Mike White played. And remember the game Mike White played against the Buffalo Bills last year at MetLife Stadium? Yeah. I know that was the Buffalo Bills. I know that was the Buffalo Bills and had that work out. It worked out so well that Mike White didn't even finish the game. And that the next week when they played the Dolphins, they decided to turn it over to Joe Flacco. I had the weeks reversed. But that was basically all that the Jets needed to see of Mike White. And look, he's a good dude. He works hard. And I think he's an okay quarterback. But, you know, Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl MVP. Like, that, that, that's in there somewhere. It's not like we're talking about Joe Flacco is 58 years old. And he's just living off a reputation right now. They see him in practice every day. They watched him play last year against the Dolphins. If they thought that Joe Flacco couldn't hack it anymore, then he wouldn't be playing this week. It's not like it's politics. It's not like Joe Flacco is on, you know, year two of a five-year contract or something like that, and that's why they're going to play him. No. They think that he gives them the best chance to win because, remember, this is the beginning of the season. It's not like these are meaningless games in December where you're playing out the string and you're worrying about draft positioning as a fan and all that stuff and, oh, the team wants to win because they try to win every game. No, it's the beginning of the year. Everybody's trying to get off to a good start. Everybody is even at this point in time. Let's hear from the head coach, shall we? Let's hear from Robert Sala. This was earlier today. He was asked if it was a week-to-week thing as far as Zach Wilson's concerned. To be honest with you guys, and I'm just going to lay this out, so I really don't want to talk about the situation anymore. So the earliest he's going to be available is Pittsburgh. That's going to be the earliest. And uh, just from everything we gathered over the last couple of days, uh, not going to change. Sure, I'm always going to leave that door open. You guys know me. I'm the eternal optimist. But we are going to make sure that both mind and body are 110%, make sure we do right by him. And we feel like talking to the doctors and everyone, it's going to be that Pittsburgh week. That's why I said they're not going to put this guy on the field until he's like a thousand percent, not a hundred, a thousand, because they don't want to have any setbacks. We're sitting here and already mapping out what type of damage and what type of a setback this would be for Zach Wilson's development because now he's having to miss a month and he's missing practice time and whatever type of chemistry he was building with his new teammates on offense during training camp. Now that gets set back to square one. So they're not just going to keep having this game all year where, well, you know, he'll go out there at 50%. And then what happens if he gets hurt again and has to miss another month? And you can't keep playing that game. That's not the way this whole thing works. Salah said they're making the best decision for Zach Wilson. There was always that hope. You guys know me. There's always that hope. But after all the information gathering, it's not worth the risk uh, in terms of getting him out there and just making sure that there's the knee element, there's the mind element, there's the practice element. There's just a whole lot of things other than the knee. He hasn't had a setback. He looks fantastic. He still looks good. He feels good. And you guys are going to get a chance to talk to him. You guys will see him. He's not walking with a limp or anything. But just gathering all the information and and talking to their doctors along with ours, we're just going to end it until Pittsburgh. Does he need a full week of practice before he plays? Ideally, 100%, yeah. Because once that knee's ready, he's going to have to get that thing tested, and you don't want it being tested in the game. You want our team to be able to test it before he ever steps onto the football field. So he's obviously on a limited basis, and as he progresses, we'll be able to test it more and more and then get him the practice that he needs to prepare himself to play a football game. And if you remember how the injury took place, all right, it was ill-advised because it was a preseason game. 
He should have just ran out of bounds. Hindsight being what it is, if he had to do it all over again, he probably just does run out of bounds or he slides and, and doesn't put himself in that position. And the crappy part about it was it was a non-contact injury. And this set him back now and is going to miss, you know, the first month of the season. So because of that, Robert Sala was asked, does he, ask, does he have to address Zach Wilson running too much? Getting out of the pocket, running, like that's a superpower. Being able to go off schedule and do all those different things, you don't, you don't want to take that away from him. He's just got to be smart. You know, it, uh, it was a horrifying flashback to 2018 because Ken has that same competitive juice that Jimmy Garoppolo has. And Jimmy against Kansas City in week two, running and just instead of running out of bounds, tries to gain a couple extra yards, plants on his knee, tears his ACL. Thankfully, ours did not tear his ACL, but it's that same mindset. Get what you get, slide, don't take the hit, go out of bounds, don't worry about the extra yardage. And so that part no matter how much you coach it is learned through experience they come from college where they're used to running people over and they're used to diving for touchdowns and that was all part of the cool stuff that people showed on his highlight tape right coming out of college but they got to learn it they've got to adjust their game that's something that i think he'll he'll learn as he goes yeah the opponents you're playing at byu though are not the nfl and again the crappy part about this was that it was non-contact you know so it's not even a case of him being able to absorb a hit it was taking an awkward step on the turf and then the knee goes and it was the same knee that he already hurt last year, which was a contact injury because he went down in a heap when the pocket collapsed up in New England that day. What does he learn from this, though? Can he actually get better, you know, learn by watching? That's what everybody said, right? Learn by watching. A lot of people, you know, would have, could have, should have said that, well, Zach Wilson shouldn't even have started the season last year. They should have had a Flacco there. They should have had a veteran, and they should have turned the offense over to him right away and, and, and let Zach Wilson learn from the sidelines. Well, Now he's going to watch. Now he's going to learn. And if you go back to last year, when he came back from the injury, he didn't play all that bad. You know, that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, last home game, the the infamous Antonio Brown game when he, you know, took his clothes off and walked off the field. Jets almost had that game won. Now the crummy check with me playing the audible, that whole thing got blown up. But remember, Zach Wilson and the offense left the field with a lead. And it was Tom Brady who went down the field against the Jet defense, which at that point in the year was like decimated by injuries. They were playing guys off the street in the secondary. And that's how they lost the game. So he did play at an improved level in that final month of the season. Let's see how he fares when he comes back from this latest setback. More of your calls at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll also hear from Zach. We'll also hear from Joe Flacco as well. Dan Gross' show, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.
Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. That is the telephone number. 800-919-3776. Zach Wilson on the shelf. Joe Flacco, Jets riding with him on Sunday and probably for the first, for the next two weeks after that, leading up to week number four against the Steelers. That is the target date right now to when Zach Wilson could make his return. Mike in Jersey, up next, 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Michael? How you doing? Good, Thanks Mike. What's up? Me. Thanks for having me on. Uh, just uh, what, what's your thought? Like, if Flacco somehow pulls a Vinny Tessaverde circuit ninety eight coming in and 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 goes four and zero or three and one, what do you think the Jets will do with, with Wilson? Will they pull him and and put him in? You know, if they, especially if the young guys are developing, or do you ride Flacco as long as you can? I think it's the latter, what you just said, Mike. Now, again, got to get to 1-0 before you can get to 4-0, of course. You know, and, and this one Sunday is, is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. But put yourself in their shoes, right? These guys want to win. Everybody in the organization, whether you're the coach, the GM, the people working in the kitchen, the people working in the, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to win. And ultimately, that's what you're judged on, wins and losses. I would think, and this is just me, if I was the coach, Mike, and I know that even I have a young quarterback who's developing and all those things, if Joe Flacco wins the first three games and plays fairly, like not a fluke, you know, it's not like, you know, they won it on the strength of the defense or something like that, but if Flacco plays good football and this team is 3-0, and if I'm Robert Sala, I don't know how I can switch to Zach Wilson if I'm 3-0 and to begin the season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, you've got the rest of the team, especially with the young players, if they come in and are developing, he's building rapport with you know, some of the new weapons they have. Um, you know, that, that's just as important as developing Wilson. So it's, it's a tough spot for them to be in, you know, if, if uh, Flacco struggles and then Wilson comes into a team that's 0-4 or 1-3 or he's got to supplant to Pla- uh, Flacco who's uh three and one or you know even two and two you know it's a tough situation for uh, a young co- Jets coaching staff to be in but uh go Jets Mike thank Fingers you for, thanks for the phone call he- here's the other thing too Mike said the word locker room you're the coach of that team and you're three and oh and you walk into that locker room going into that Pittsburgh game and you tell that squad Zach's back in there this week. You think the entire locker room is going to be behind him? You think they're going to put forward a unified front? Would you? You know, put yourself in those shoes. This is a team that hasn't exactly mastered the art of winning over the last several years. You know, I don't think I have to remind you, they haven't won a game in the month of September since 2018. Sam Darnold's NFL debut on that Monday night in Detroit. So if you're going to tell me they're going to win three games in September... And I'm going to change up that vibe just because this kid was the second pick in the draft last year? I, I, I don't see it happening. I don't think you can. Because then you run the risk of losing some of that locker room. I don't know that. Look, I don't know this to be 100% accurate. I'm just giving you my thoughts. But how do we know that there were guys on that team last year, let's say, who were all behind Zach Wilson starting the season week one? And didn't prefer, let's say, a veteran like Flacco to be out there. Or anybody to be out there, right? So this kid can maybe get a little bit of seasoning, watch from the sidelines, absorb the mental part of the game. You know, same BYU anymore. 
You're not playing Coastal Carolina. This is the NFL. This is the real deal, right? If guys are out there on one-year contracts and, you know, they're trying to hang on to their career and those type of things, well, that's maybe where they aired last year. The fact that they didn't have Flacco at the beginning of the season. And they didn't have that, you know, quote-unquote veteran that you were maybe going to be able to turn to. And then Zach Wilson gets down or goes down, and then they have to trade for Joe Flacco in the middle of the season. Because they didn't know what they had in Mike White at that time. I mean, they could talk it up and everything and say, like, oh, yeah, we have confidence in him. He's good. And they, they, they didn't know what they had in Mike White. Nobody did. Especially in a game situation. Finally got a chance to hear from Zach. How does he feel about being out for three weeks? Yeah, it's frustrating, of course. I mean, I want to be healthy as much as possible. And, you know, when the injury happened, I was just, I was pissed at myself. You know, preseason game, all that kind of stuff. You know, you got to be able to stay, stay healthy. So it's frustrating, but you got to do what you can. What were the emotions when the injury occurred? Yeah, I mean, in that moment, you really have no idea. I mean, you kind of hope for the best. You know, you get in there with the doctors as quick as you can. Just ask them, you know, you'll be all right. You know, what is it? You know, so I think for what the injury was, I think it's, you know, very optimistic to be able to, to get back and still play football the way I want to this year. Zach also says that regardless, he wants to be in there right now. I mean, of course that was a goal. I mean, if it was up to me, I would try and still play right now. Um, but, you know, listening to my doctors and whatever clearances that they can give me, kind of going week by week, staying in touch with them, that's what I'm going to go off. And lastly, he was asked if he'll change his playing style at all because of the injuries. I don't think I'll play any differently. I mean, people can say you should have gone out of bounds or should have slid, but, I mean, it was a non-contact injury. The guy didn't tackle me, you know. If the guy hit me and I got injured, that's one thing. But, you know, if I can't even run, <laughs> cut enough, how can it hurt, you know, what am I doing? So i got to take care of myself and put myself in a better situation there. And, you know, sometimes unfortunate stuff like that just happens. That's the bottom line, and we said that a little while ago. I mean, nobody even touched him, and he went down. So I would think that they, you know, would not discourage him from playing any differently. Why should they? It was a preseason game. I'll tell you maybe what he does, you know, moving forward. If he is on one of those scramble plays and if he's trying to elude the rush and, you know, get the pay dirt, maybe exercise caution a little bit instead of maybe trying to squeeze out a few extra yards, maybe he just run out of bounds like he should have did in preseason that game. Same thing in the regular season. Just get out of bounds, live to see another down because you never know what's going to happen. But now they're riding with Joe, and now it's the veteran. He talked today, and he was asked if his mindset changes with the fact that, hey, Zach's going to be out multiple games, and it's going to be his team. I don't know. It's tough to tell. You have to be so focused and locked in on the week that you're in, no matter what in this league. And if you let your mind kind of get outside of that box, you're kind of doing your team a disservice anyway. So I would say not really too much has changed. And what about the fact that you're going to be starting a game week one against an organization that you know pretty well? Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it a lot. It should be an exciting, exciting one. Listen, anytime you get a chance to lace them up on Sunday and try to put yourself in the team in the best situation you can, it's a lot of fun. Grateful for the opportunity. But, yeah, obviously there's going to be some different emotions that I haven't experienced before with this one. All right, so one of our, you know, the previous caller brought up the fact, you know, what if Flacco comes out of the gate red hot and this team wins games? You know, 3-0, 4-0, whatever you want to say. But let me paint a picture. You know, like the Testa Verde thing has been kind of circulating about. And, and I think that was a different situation. You know, that team, remember, 1998 with the Jets, for those that are old enough to remember. You had the best coach in the sport running the ship. Okay? Bill Parcells. 
So you had an edge there going into every single game, essentially. That's number one. Robert Sala, you know what? He might be a great head coach one day. Not there yet. I mean, he's only won four games. He's in his second year. He'll be the first one to tell you that. Secondly, you're talking about a team that the year before won nine games and was on the doorstep to the playoffs. That was like one of the best single-season turnarounds in NFL history at that time. Remember, the Jets won one game in 1996. They won nine the following year when Parcells took over. So there was talent on the team. They upgraded it even greater because they signed Curtis Martin, remember that offseason, away from the New England Patriots. So you got an all-pro running back there as well. Signed Kevin Mawai. They were ready to rock and roll. So you had all of these pieces that were in place already, and you just needed a steadying ship at the quarterback position. And I remember, like, when they had signed Testaverde to be the backup, I was a little hot and cold over it because Testaverde was, eh, you know, he's had a long career, a journeyman. I know that he made the playoffs with the Cleveland Browns, won a playoff game. He actually went to the Pro Bowl, I think, with the Baltimore Ravens a couple of years before that uh, in in their inception when they moved to Baltimore from Cleveland. But... You know, Vinny was like kind of almost a joke at that time still, you know, because his career was like flaming out in Tampa Bay with the interceptions and, you know, he was a turnover machine and and those type of things. Glenn Foley was the guy who was going to run this offense and was going to, you know, be the quarterback. Parcells loved him. He loved his moxie. He brought him off the bench in 97 for a few games and helped win them a couple in relief of Neil O'Donnell. And now it was going to be Foley's team, but Foley couldn't stay healthy and Foley got hurt. And Vinny came in, and this team actually won games. And Vinny had the best season of his career, you know, an MVP caliber season, and they won 12 games. They went to the AFC Championship game. The rest is history here. But, you know, I guess it's not 100% impossible to say that Joe Flacco can at least keep this team treading water. And if you want to go back to the offseason and what the job Joe Douglas and company did, they went out there and upgraded the personnel. So if you look at this team offensively, you've got quality depth at wide receiver. You improve the tight end room. You got two young running backs that you got to feel good about. And if this offensive line gets some reps and starts to build some chemistry, maybe just maybe they'd actually do a halfway decent job and keep an immobile quarterback like Joe Flacco upright to where he can distribute the ball to his playmakers. I'm not saying they're going to the AFC championship game, but... I don't think you got to be talking about necessarily the worst team in the league either. And you take it one game at a time. You know, if I told you right now, Flacco plays three games and they win one out of the three, would you take it? Better than an 0-3 situation. You know, you're going into Cleveland in week two to play Jacoby Brissett and the Browns. I know it's going to be a tough assignment, but it's not Deshaun Watson. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember, Rich Cimini is going to join us coming up at 8.30 to talk a little bit more Jets. We'll do some NFL over-unders a little bit later on in the show. We'll get into the Mets stuff to start 8 o'clock, and maybe, just maybe, have they put aside this little bit of a speed bump that they've been encountering over the last few days? Plus more of your phone calls. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh yeah. I'm with this. I'm just going to sit here laid back. To this Stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus. Today, you get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library. Unrivaled. UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views, live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. So get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today and watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30s, the entire Disney and Marvel library, and more. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. Dan Gratz's show, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones, talking Jets. Say hi to Marcus in New Jersey. Up next, 98.7 ESPN. Marcus, talk to me. How are you? Hey, what's up, Dan? Marcus, what's new? Um, So, just week one, right, like, I think you have to look at the game and you have to be a little realistic. So, from, like, I'm not a Jets fan, but for, I have a couple Jets fan friends, like, I want them to know they're playing up against a really good Ravens team. So whatever happens, which I think like at least a seven-point loss, at least I think that they should just hope that the team plays hard and plays well and just can move on to week two where they have a better chance to beat the Browns on the road. That's all I have Well, I, I mean, Marcus, let's be real. I don't think you're wrong. Gonna be, I, I mean, nobody's going to sit there and try to punt any game, and I thank you for the phone call. You know, nobody's going to just admit defeat. And say that, ah, you know, we don't have a shot. We can't win. But let's just talk about it from a practical standpoint. Right? When we looked at the schedule before the year started and you play the stupid win-loss game in your head. Well, you could win this game. Maybe not that one. Maybe not that one. What were the Jets' chances of beating the Ravens even with a healthy Zach Wilson? Like I said, this is a nightmarish matchup right out of the gates for week one. Like, there may not be more than two or three other teams that you would least want to play right out of the gates coming off of an exhibition season where your starters don't even play that much anymore than the Baltimore Ravens. Because they're, they're so well coached, they have a quarterback nightmare that's going to present mismatch problems to any team and any defense, no matter what week of the season it is. And oh, by the way, go back... You know, if you want to go down a rabbit hole a little bit later tonight or sometime before Sunday, and I would do it maybe, you know, with some lights on in the room because it's going to be too scary if it's dark. Look up week one of the 2019 season. Lamar Jackson's first year as a starting quarterback. Baltimore week one, they went down to Miami. Go go check out that box score and see how well he played that day in week one on the road where he put up 50-something against the Dolphins and five touchdown passes en route to winning the MVP award that season. This is no joke. Frankie in Queens. He's up next. 98.7 ESPN. Frank, how are you? Hey, Dan. How you doing, man? Good, fan Frank. of your show, man. Fan, Thanks, of your, fan of your post game. Cool. So, I'm a, I'm a diehard Jets fan. Diehard Jets fan. And throughout the whole offseason, all I've been hearing is about Zach Wilson. 
me personally, I think Zach Wilson is going to be the real deal with the right coaching. And Robert Sala now, like the way this team is on paper, is probably the best team we've had in quite a quite a bit of time, honestly, since the Rex Ryan days. And now I guess now it's going to be time for Robert Sala and his coaching staff to step up and guide the team through the first three weeks. And to be honest with you, I'm not sold on Salah. Like, I don't, I think overhyped, you don't really have one good year as a coordinator. And to be honest with you, I'm a little worried about him. And, you know, what's going to happen if he um, doesn't really live up to the potential of being the right coach for this team? And they're going to end up ruining, ruining Zach Wilson. And what's going to happen? We're going to be drafting another quarterback and, from zero again. No. that, that Rank, I'll tell you something right now, and I th- thank you for the phone call. You get back to us. The last thing you just said about drafting another quarterback, I don't think that's happening. I do not think that that is in the cards for the Jets, and I'll tell you why. They like this roster. They like this roster a lot. You know, Joe Douglas and his staff, they went out there and they improved the personnel on this team. So if your main concern, and I think that largely, remember last night we sat here and we talked about the national forecast for this team, as negative and as dour as it is, where the so-called experts across the country think the Jets are going to be one of the worst two or three teams in the NFL. And now this latest news with, with Zach Wilson and the fact that it's Flacco for the first few weeks, that's just more fuel to the fire for them. But the negative and the skepticism exists because of the quarterback, even if Zach was going to be healthy. They didn't think he was the real deal. People are down on Zach Wilson across the country and around the league. So if you like the personnel and you think the roster is good enough, but it's the quarterback that's holding back the operation, then why would they go out there and then draft another young quarterback who you're going to have to nurture and season and have him go through his growing pains while you have a winning roster? I'll tell you what the likely outcome is going to be when we come back. Plus, we'll get into some Mets. Rich Samini at 8.30. Dan Grasso till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN.